Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi everyone, thanks a lot for tuning in to episode 193 of GigPod. We're seven away from 200 episodes, and if you think anything significant is going to happen when that comes, you're going to be sorely disappointed. So I'm Stevie, and I'm joined by Rizzo via COVID cam, and not in Molly Malone's, which was meant to be the case. So John, why don't you tell everyone what happened yesterday after you say hello, and how it's probably better that I'm in a fit state to host this one as opposed to yesterday. Yes, hello Stevie, hello everyone. Yes, we were in the wonderful Molly Malone's yesterday, that great pub, to watch the game with uh, some other people, unnamed individuals, and we were all set to do the podcast after it, but unfortunately with a technical fault, so we've had to, I know the listeners, especially Monty, and the good news is, by the way, that Monty, who we have spoken about in the past, his, his procedure went well, and he is fully recovering and texting me, complaining all the time, as he always does. But uh, yes, unfortunately, I had to do the pod today. But the good news is, you don't have a hangover because you were terribly badly hungover yesterday. Because you can't see me handle your drink on like the real men of a gig pod. Those real men being me and desperate Dan. Do you plead guilty or not guilty? No, I've done it. I was terrible. I was hanging so much so that uh, you can shame me now in front of the listeners. Only had one alcoholic drink. What was I drinking? Most of the game and even after it, when we were recording in Molly Malone's. You were drinking Coca-Cola, unbelievable enough, but then two other individuals were also drinking Coca-Cola. I was I was one of the only two people that were tough enough to have uh, alcohol. If we were doing a, a gig pod tough guy competition, I'd be the winner. Or maybe Dan would. You'd be, you'd be miles behind, I'm afraid. Can't even argue with that, John, after my pathetic performance yesterday. But I'll tell you, who didn't put in a pathetic performance yesterday? Brendan Rodgers and the team... They absolutely blew away Hearts 4-1. It probably should have been more, and it is as convincing a win as I've seen there, John, in quite some time. And let's start with the fact that you actually picked the team. So 
Well, I'll give two thumbs up to Brendan for um, picking the right team and the team as well for going out and doing the job. A lot of credit has to go to yourself because Brendan clearly listened to yourself and as we know, Greg Taylor listens to the show, John, so he's clearly told uh, Brendan Rogers, listen to Reid, so pick the right team and we can do no wrong at Tynecastle. Yes, at the moment I'm currently waving well doing a thumbs up in a, in a Brendan style because I, I picked the team and I thought it would be that team because it made sense. I mean, Liam Scales has done nothing to be deserve to be dropped. Palmer's in excellent form. That continued obviously yesterday. And I think that's our strongest team at the moment. I mean, it might change now that uh, Rocky's back, and I'm sure he was bought to be first choice along with CCV. And now that he's fit again, he probably will get in the team at some stage. But at the moment, Liam Scales has made that position his own. And I mean, there's always a debate if like, Dyson will start, but he's as important to Braden as he was to Ange. So he's always going to start. And like, unless Kyogo that breaks his shoulder, he will start every game. I mean, oh, we can talk about a wee bit later on. His replacement yesterday, he's still looking for a goal this season. So, no, I thought it'd be that team. It's our strongest team. And even though we're playing, obviously playing Atletico Madrid, just a few days after Tynka, so that's obviously a hard game. Well, in the past, it's been a hard game. And the last season, of course, it was, it was quite hard, in fact, I have to say. And, I mean, Rangers obviously having won on Saturday. We had to get the win to go seven points clear again. I knew we would pick a strongest possible team, so good to see that Brendan's a listener. Hi, Brendan. Now, I've got to say, coming into this game, John, and I think we both thought that Celtic would win, but I thought it was going to be a really tight game. I think I predicted to you, I said it would be like 3-2 or something, because I just felt, like you said it beforehand, Naismith would have them massively up for it. It's never easy, um, and even the games when Andrew's a manager there, always difficult. No, I think it was a case of Celtic being that good yesterday, John. But I also feel like that is a, a really bad Hearts team as well. And I'm not going to do that thing where I like, when we beat Rangers 1-0, you know, I think you were complaining, saying that I was not giving Celtic enough credit because I do feel that uh, Michael Beale um, had a massive impact on the result that day. Why I do feel yesterday was down to the fact that I think now Hearts fans are starting to see through Stephen Naismith and probably seeing that he has a, a terrible manager and a very bad appointment. Should never have happened for a team like them. I can't take anything away for that Celtic side because they just started so well. And in a game like that, John, when you knew the Hearts fans probably would have been right up for it. We all knew about the ridiculous ticket fiasco. I talked about it with Robert Bobwick on Thursday night for the Opposing Force pod that we did, episode 192. Uh, he was quite bullish in his defence with it, but I took the opposite stance. And you know what? Definitely the best performance of the season so far. More impressive than the excellent display against Kilmarnock at Celtic Park. And even better than the one against Livingston. I thought for start to finish, we were excellent. And as I say, it should have, really should have been more than four. Yeah, and you could tell the team were up for it. I mean, the, the, I mean before I talk about the team's performance, one last thing, I mean, the atmosphere, though, was going about how Tencastle is such a difficult place to play because it's, it's, the pitch is so near the stands because it's like a wee stadium, really. But the atmosphere of that game yesterday was pathetic. I mean, I know we're freeing all up after about 50 minutes, but... And, like, most of the Hearts fans hilariously left at that time. But, I mean, even in the first half when we're 2-0 up, they were as quiet as anything. So, really, I've got no I've got no sympathy for Hearts, uh, for them appointing a guy like Stephen Naismith, which is uh, really quite daft. And they're getting really what they deserve for that. So, and I've, I've just been informed by an unnamed individual that yesterday was the lowest attendance for a league game at Tynecast on 17 months, according to that wonderful newspaper, The Herald. And I'm sh- I'm sure someone that'll be like, 
maybe it'll be Hearts fans saying, I don't, I don't, I, well, Borthwick's the only Hearts fan I know, I don't think I know any other Hearts fans saying, like, they don't want to go because of the, the, the songs that Celtic fans sing. I've seen that in some websites and on uh, that wonderful website, Twitter. But I mean, I think a big reason as well that they never went was because they probably thought they were going to get beat, and they did. And hopefully, we can take that form uh, in Edinburgh yesterday and Edinburgh next Saturday when we're playing uh, Hibs at Easter Road. But yep, enough about Hearts. Let's talk about us. And we scored after three minutes, and what a goal it was. Uh, Brian De Palma with a, a great cross into the box, and Matt O'Reilly, the best player in Scotland, ghosted in. Fantastic finish. A goal worthy of much better leagues than the Scottish Premier League, which Matt O'Reilly will probably end up playing in. But he really has been brilliant this season. And a word to it for Brian De Palma. That was a, a brilliant cross. After a slow start to his Celtic career, he's really becoming a, a big player for us. Like two goals and an assist in his last three games. And in fact, in that wonderful chat that we often talk about, that we're all in, uh, I said that was a, a cross that Jota would have been proud of. And it was a brilliant start. Stevie. Your thoughts. Now, before I talk about those two players mentioned, you mentioned a great website, Twitter, aka X. Apparently, there was a clip doing the rounds of myself and Borthwick chatting before the game, basically being used against Borthwick for his argument about how the tickets situation at Tynecastle was actually be a boost for Hearts. Did you see that doing the rounds? Because as we both know, I don't see anything on that website, but apparently it was doing the rounds. So a very quick question, because I know that you are indeed a Staunch advocate of Elon Musk's uh, wonderful website. No, because I don't follow Harley and the Celtic fans on Twitter. So, no, I haven't seen it. Sorry. But thanks for all the uh, extra listeners to the, to the pod last week. Thumbs up and keep going because we're the best Celtic pod around. Yes, we certainly don't have a big ego as well. Thanks for that, John. <laughs> Turn into Brendan there, John. So, Matt O'Reilly and... Lewis Palmer, yeah, what a fantastic goal, great way to start off, because it was funny, because um, first couple of minutes, we did say that Hearts seemed up for it, we were like camped in a half, just for maybe the opening couple of minutes, and it was only really when Palmer got the ball, that was like our first sort of breakaway, out of half, you know, if you're being harsh, right, and you're being a, a, a severe critic, you're maybe looking at the defence there, and just seeing how easy it was for O'Reilly to go past him, but it takes skill to be in that position, it takes skill to execute the ball like that, um, it was just a fantastic goal, and I think Xander Clark's quite a decent goalie. I mean, if it, I don't even think it would have made a difference if it was a great guy, Craig Gordon, or Clark can go for it. I just don't think any keeper's getting it. The fact that he had it so early, it was a clinical finish and Matt O'Reilly. The now John is just taking risks and that's what you're noticing. Would he have done that last season? I don't think so. Can we maybe chat about that in a second? But Brendan is just getting so much out of him. And yeah, he's by far the, the informed player in Scotland. He was the player of the month, wasn't he? Um, again, shout out to the assist for Palmer. But yeah, it's what I'm noticing with more with Matt O'Reilly is the fact that he's making goals like that look really easy. And I was the saying to you right after the ball went in the back of the net, it reminded me a lot of Kyogre's goal against Murrow in the last day of the Avengers first season. Ralston played the ball over the top and Kyogo like dispatched it home so well. So much so that I think you were at that wedding that you've never shut up about. And I was texting you at halftime saying that's one of the best goals I've seen. And yesterday, we all raved about that in the pub. Um, it's one of the ones that at the end of the season will probably be nominated as one of the best Celtic goals of the campaign. Yeah, I think the the most odd thing about that goal for 2022 looking back is that Anthony Ralston done that sensational pass to Hugo, a player you wouldn't expect that. Whereas you would really expect to fade uh, Palmer, who has been bought for relatively big money as an Italian player. I just want to say a quick thing about Matt O'Reilly, and I, th- I think there's obviously been a lot of talk about Celtic's uh, signing policy 
especially since uh, uh, both Lowell's are part, part, apparently in charge of Obviously, that wasn't the case when we bought Matt O'Reilly, but I think Matt O'Reilly will go down as one of our best signings in many years because we didn't spend that much money for him. We bought him from relative obscurity. I mean, no, well, actually, disrespect to MK Dawes, not really a real club. They're in League One. But we brought him when we failed to uh, sign uh, Riley McGee, or Riley McGree, whatever his name was, who now plays for Middlesbrough, but he was a player Ange wanted, we didn't get him. But we went for Matt O'Reilly. He had a great first season. Second season, not as good, but he was still top of the assist chart in the league. And this season, he's the best player in Scotland. So, and I think Chris Boyd, who I know we're all big fans in this uh, podcast, he even said that he's a brilliant player to watch yesterday and that he's an, it's a guy that Celtic will sell for big money. And unfortunately, he's probably right because we know that Celtic have got this thing of selling players like after two or three seasons. So it wouldn't shock me if Matt O'Reilly left the end of the season, so I think we should just enjoy him while we can, because he's a very, very good player. He's been excelling in the Champions League as well. He was very good against Feyenoord, one of our better players. And I thought against uh, Lazio as well. Matt O'Reilly weighed in with a great ball for Kyogo for the opener, and he's going to be big for us in a doubleheader against Atletico Madrid too. Teams down south, I mean, they will notice that and a big money bid will go in for him. We were at that final against Inverness, and the two players that we said, this is probably the last game for Celtic, is Abada and Matt O'Reilly both are still at the club obviously Abada's been unfortunate with the injury but I think in a way you've got to credit Celtic for uh, not accepting that bid for Leeds in the summer John because I know they put in a 10 million bid but I think the way Matt O'Reilly's playing we could end up getting like, over 20 million for him a lot of these teams down south, it's not all about stats but a lot of the teams down south the first thing they'll see is Matt O'Reilly is just numbers 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 like goals and assists when he came in January 2022 but then his first full season under Ange had the most assists in the league. And now this season, he'll probably be the highest uh, scoring midfielder by the end of the season. Yesterday too, he was breaking up Hearts attacks. First and second half, he wasn't scared to, you know, do the physical uh, work as well. While he was causing Hearts so much bother offensively. I think you do have to credit the fact that um, his defensive work was, was outstanding yesterday. And I mean, I know Sky gave him the man in the match award, but I don't think there's anybody out there that wouldn't say he was the best player in the park. He's just been a joy to watch, and as you say, it's a case of enjoying him while he's here, and I think Celtic fans really should. Right, talking about assists, and Matt O'Reilly, of course, was a top assist player in Scotland last season in the league. And in the league this season, I'm not talking about the Champions League, but he's got an assist. He has got two assists for Celtic, and so has Dyson, and so has Rio Hatati. But there's one Celtic player that's got three assists in the league. Can you name that player? Did this player assist yesterday? No. I was going to say Greg Taylor there, actually. Uh, Kyogo? Cal McGregor's got three assists this season. I don't think MD would have expected that. I will try to think of the three assists. There was the, the great ball against Dundee. Was that one against Kilmarnock? But I can't, I can't actually think of the others. That's terrible. No, and I'm, I'm looking at a, a website called B Soccer, which has got this. It's no telling you the actual games he's got assists. But Cal McGregor... Ha, is the him? He's the joint top uh, assist maker in the Premier League now with Daniel Armstrong of Kilmarnock. So there you go. Oh, Kyogo's got two assists as well. Maurelli, Kyogo, Rio Hatati, Dyson have all got two assists as well. So well done, uh, Cal McGregor. A different aspect to his game this season. Dyson Maeda, John, made it 2 0, deservedly so after great work from Matt O'Reilly again when he fed in Rio Hatati, who put the ball across at Maeda making it 2-0. He was there at the right place at the right time. Thought he had a cracking game yesterday as well. He gave that boy Cochrane, who I think is a decent player for Hearts, but he gave him a really torrid time. Um, and then at 
John, now I know that when we watch these games, we're not complacent. We don't just go in thinking, right, that's that job done. And we know that the team have to be keeping the tempo up um, for like 90 minutes. But at half time, I think me, you, several others were very relaxed because we felt job done. A lot of that was because Celtic well and truly battered hearts and you could just see that they were delighted to get in at half time. We'd only been 2 0. And it was the first time this season that I could really say a Brendan Rodgers team had the job done in the first half. I just didn't feel as, as if there was a way back for them at all. It was game over at 1 0, I think. It was strange because, mind that uh, cup quarter final that we watched uh, last season. When we, and I think everybody was slightly apprehensive about it at Tynecastle because, like, this was really like the a big test for us. Like, we're going for the treble, and then that game was won when Moy scored, and like, so that's twice in the last three visits at Tynecastle we've scored an early goal, and it's just completely won the game. And even Brendan said yesterday, like, it was the quietest he's known it, and all the times he's managed it at Tynecastle. So I don't know what that says about Hearts, maybe. I'm sure uh, our friend Borthwick will be uh, extremely upset about the situation. Ha ha ha. Pretty sure. No, I haven't listened back to my podcast with him, but I think me and him are both saying that there's a potential danger man threat to Celtic and uh, that boy Alex Lowry, and that was probably one of the worst performances I've ever seen against us. He was appalling yesterday, and I guess if that's Rangers' next great hope, then the future is very bright for us, I guess, John. Yeah, I, I don't really want to talk about an opposition player that much, even if he is a heart slash Rangers player, but he wasn't very good at all. I, mean, I think he put the ball out of play where he like, missed 10 passes, I think, two or three times and in a group chat I'm in with non-Celtic fans, sadly. Uh, I say he isn't a good player at all and one of the Rangers fans didn't say he's not up to that level uh, playing in the Premier League, so... I think he'll be another great hope that Rangers have had about a thousander since they've uh, been in the Premier League for the first time. That's going to like, take them to the next level and it hasn't happened. Oh well. Enough about them. Back to Celtic. And we were awarded a penalty in the first 10 seconds of the second half. Extraordinary scene, Stevie. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Getting real here, I don't think it was a penalty. Uh, I was very surprised that VAR didn't overturn it, and I don't even think it was just us in the public. I know our chat. Everyone here has basically said the same thing. Um, we were all shocked that we got it given, but 
we're really missing Adam Moy when it comes to penalty kicks, aren't we? No, we are. That was an aspect of his game that hasn't really been talked about enough when you talk about him leaving. And we really need a penalty kick taker. I mean, if you look at Rio's penalty against uh, Livingston, it was poor on the goal. He should have saved it. That one yesterday, not even in target. And I, don't, I think I'd be giving Matt O'Reilly a go. I mean, he's in such good form. I don't recall him ever taking a penalty for us before, which is odd. I mean, I know we talked about it and we think he, he sort of, he doesn't hit hard shots, really. He sort of tries to place in the net. That might go against him as it comes to penalties. He doesn't really just like, hammer the ball, sort of Barry Robertson style. He was the first guy that came to mind. Like, a guy that just blew the ball into the back of the net. I mean, look at that penalty scored against Rangers. That legendary 3-2-1 back in the day. Just hammered it. And he's like the opposite of that. He's a, sort of a mere intricate finisher. So, I would give him a go anyway. I mean, who knows when we're going to get another penalty. Although, we have had a couple this season. Thank you. Uh, the referees, great guys. So, who would you pick B for a penalty kick taker? Don't forget, Kyogo wanted to take it. That one to get rescinded at Kilmarnock. So, uh, what do you think, Oham? I think when it comes to penalty kick takers, you just want it to always be the most assured, confident player in your team. And right now, that is Matt O'Reilly. So, I don't think there's any harm in giving him a go. But I agree it can't be Hitati again after that. But regardless, John, Hitati did make up for it because he was outstanding with a nice wee bit of build-up play. Uh, when he sent Palmer racing clear, who put the ball in, uh, the ball deflected off Matt O'Reilly, and Kyogo was there to score his eighth goal against Hearts in nine games to make it 3 0. And that was when you noticed all the Hearts fans left after that. They didn't even get to see Shanklin's wonder goal against us, which was the consolation. And also, Ian Crocker blotted out a stat that you remembered to talk about yesterday before we had a mic mishap. It was actually BBC. Uh the BBC Sports app, and it's Kyogo's 60th goal for Celtic and I think 95 appearances, either 95 or 93, but that is a wonderful return, especially when you consider he's had so many injuries, and he has eight games in a row he's scored against Hearts, and he's probably the best player striker we've had against Hearts since Mark McGee when I was a very, very wee boy. He used to always score against Hearts, I mean, he did at Hamden, as far as I remember in a like, semi-final. Larson, of course, was brilliant against him as well. Kyogo's a different level. Eight games in a row. Of course, we'll remember that one he scored when it could have been offside when we won 1-0 and uh, Andrew's first season win, of course. Robin Nielsen uh, acted very professional after that and uh, Crawford Allen, the SFA head of referees, came out and went on about it as well. Funny how Disney talk about that. I mean, we're denied Stonewall penalties for so many games. Funny that. But yeah, brilliant for Kyogo. But then our fourth goal and one of your favourite players scored it, so... Tell us about that, Stevie. Yeah, I was buzzing for Tomoki Awata because, you know, I've been raving about him uh, since he signed. He adds like, a solidity to that midfield in those games last season. Certainly um, when Matt O'Reilly wasn't quite doing it and maybe Moy was off the boil, Awata stepped up and he was a real assured presence in midfield in that three alongside uh, McGregor and Hitati at times. And I like a lot of what I see from Tomoki Awata, I really do. And I thought he was completely bombed out this season, so I was happy to see him coming on, getting the, the all-important minutes, but what a finish, I was just so impressed with that finish, on his left foot, and off the bar, we'll talk about uh, Sky showing off in a wee second, John, I'll let you do that, just for a guy that's been out that long, and possibly it would have been easy for his confidence to take a massive dip, just looked at he'd been playing every week, and I noticed that Brendan was actually talking him up, and Brendan was actually talking up the players who came on yesterday, saying that they're just as important as the guys that start the game, and I know as well, Ange like to say that, but let's get real here as well, Ange also had his first 11 and his favourites, but yeah, I was really happy for Tomoki Awata, John, um, you know how much I go on about him, and 
I think possibly we might need them next week um, against Hibs. Obviously, we're going to have a really intense game during the week against Atletico Madrid because that midfield three that we've got, um, they're going to be chasing as well and they're not going to be in control of the ball a lot of the time, especially against a team like Atletico Madrid, no matter if it's at Celtic Park or not. So I think for the game against Hibs, um, we could be needing to freshen that one up. That's going to be a tough game in itself as well and I think Awata wouldn't be shocked me if uh, he starts for that one or we see him coming on a wee bit earlier in that match. But I, I was really happy for him. You can talk about the totally pointless Sky replay that they showed for like three minutes, it felt like. Yeah, that was strange. It was a very, very slowed down replay, like ultra slow motion of O's shot being blocked and then the ball breaking to Awata and his admittedly very good goal. But it was like a camera that you'd use for either a penalty or a shot that had like bounced down on the goal line and you wanted to check very, very thoroughly. It was very weird and... I don't know, it was strange that the game was part of a double-header yesterday. It was, well, I suppose it was Celtic uh, women versus Rangers were on the first, and we, we won't talk about that, because Celtic, lost, Celtic uh, women lost. Right, so, just a last thing on the game yesterday. It, it was a good goal, Hart scored by Lauren Shanklin. I mean, it was a bit of a mistake by Dyson, but really, I think the only bad thing is that we've not kept a clean sheet since the Livingston game. I mean, obviously, we've been winning games, and in the grand scheme of things, that's the most important thing. We've been comfortable in all our wins. We've been playing well, but, I mean... I think Brendan he is a perfectionist. I think he'll want the defence. And I think the midfield, everybody to cut out the daft mistakes. I mean, I know he loves Dyson, but I bet he would have said to him yesterday, just, just keep it simple. You don't need to give the ball away outside your, your penalty box. But, I mean, apart from that, the defence played very well. I mean, Liam Scales, we talked to him at the start of the pod. He is making that position his own. Obviously, Wednesday night will be a very big test for him. But... Brendan, I think I'll back him to start the game. I don't know if he'll start on Saturday. We'll talk about that more after the Atletico game. And then we'll get like some money in Ross County next week as well. I think there will be changes over the next maybe 10 days while the games we've, while the games we've got. But no, I mean, apart from giving away that daft goal, which was admittedly a very good goal, I thought it was a, an excellent performance uh, by Celtic and Brendan's sort of waves and big grin and thumbs up after the game was uh, was truly sensational. Yeah, it was very funny. Thanks a lot to Sky for uh, cutting that out and we had to get clips of that for fans that were at the game. That was bizarre but expected from Sky. It's not the first time they've done something like that. Watching the goal when Shanklin scored it, I was livid at it at the time but then when you see it from a certain angle, it was a great finish. I did think watching it, Hart could have done better in real time. And then when he slowed it down and showed it for behind the goal, it, it's one of the ones that he couldn't do anything about it. The blame has to go to Dyson, but I guess in future, you're right. Brendan will probably tell him, knock it out of the park or just knock it up the pitch. Didn't need to go right to him. And yeah, hopefully, I don't think we're going to keep a clean sheet during the week, but hopefully we can do it uh, and build on that for the weekend onwards. But I just want to also say, I th- thought Greg Taylor was excellent against Hearts and CCV. Back to looking his best. That was a great tackle in the first half. And I think when you've got day two fit and firing again, um, it looks like the defence is a lot more stable. In general, Celtic look like they are in a very good place, getting into a really, really difficult game on Wednesday now. Yeah, we do actually. And off-pitch news, Celtic's annual report has just come out, by the way. So I'm sure there'll be stuff uh, covered on other Celtic pods and that. We're not going to talk about that much. But yeah, we're, we're playing well. We've we, we bounced back so well for that sticky spell where we didn't beat Commander, Kirsten Johnson. We won every league game since. And we're playing well. I thought we'd win comfortably yesterday. We went for 3-1, I think, when we're talking about it. I mean, Wednesday will be difficult. Saturday, of course, will be difficult because Brendan's the only ever won Easter Road. 
But this is a much better Celtic. Well, never know much better, but this is a good Celtic team, and I don't really think Hims are up too much. I, I think we are good enough to beat them, even though obviously Wednesday is going to be very hard, and that's what we're going to talk about now. I think the game on Wednesday, you will be there. Going to be a very tough game. I mean, in Atletico's last game, they they beat Celta Vigo. Cal Starfield, Celta Vigo, three uh, nothing. Antoine Griezmann with a hat trick, although. Celta Vigo were reduced to 10 men when it was nothing each, so I don't know, it's the sort of thing we would do in Europe and we have done. Let's look at the final game. So it's going to be very, very tough, and for me, a point would be a good result, even though that would practically mean that we're out of Europe altogether, because we've not got any points for our first two games, as everybody knows. But we've played well, just sort of fine margins have went against us, and I know that is a hard luck story, and nobody wants to hear that, but I think we have played well. I mean, it's going to be a strongest lineup in Europe this season now that CCB's back, but I mean, obviously, we're playing the strongest team in the group who, if like, both teams are at their best, they will beat us. But I don't know, you know, you never know. Maybe we can we can count the daft mistakes. I think this is going to be so tough to the point that if we do get a draw at Celtic Park against them, I will genuinely celebrate it, John. And I hope that doesn't sound like I'm trying to make out Celtic to be tin pot in small time. It's just the reality of the situation like we're a big club uh, and I do think we have a good team when I look at that Atletico Madrid team uh, the league they play in the, pl- the players they've got um, the amount some of the players have actually won the top level compared to us it's frightening you've got guys like Griezmann there 32 he's in the twilight years of his career and he's still another present you know this is a guy that's won the World Cup and competed in the last World Cup final as well, and he was one of the best players in the last World Cup too. You've got uh, Koke, who I think is an exceptional football player as well. Rodrigo De Paul, they've got the wealth of experience at the back, John. Uh, Azpilicueta, who I thought was such a good player for Chelsea. Um, he's like deployed in a 3-5-2 they're playing, so when I was looking at them against um, Celta Vigo, it's the Axel Witzel's been playing at centre-half for them, so they go with that three at the back. Five midfield and then it's Griezmann and everybody's favourite guy right now, Marata, up front, who will probably miss about 20 sitters against us but score a screamer. I, I can't sit here uh, being too expectant of Celtic and I don't want people to think I'm being too defeatist about it. I'm just getting as realistic as possible. What they've done uh, in Europe in the last sort of 10, 15 years is, is remarkable. Not chopped and changed their manager, they've kept it consistent even when things weren't going so well with Simeone. Uh, he seems to have just got the best out of a team and they absolutely run through brick walls for them. They press so aggressively. And when you watch them in Europe, any time that they lose the ball, they hunt it down in packs, John. And I think that our midfielders, I'm sure they'll be briefed very well on it, but just notice that on Wednesday when McGregor, O'Reilly and Hitati have the ball, they'll have like two or three Atletico players like snapping at them to win that ball back. And you know that way in the Scottish League when you see all oh, the goalkeepers like slowing it down and wasting time and, you know, the, the fullbacks for these Comarnocks and Dundee teams just taking forever. Athletic Madrid will do that too, but the difference obviously being that we will end up punishing these teams because we have more of the ball and we'll break them down and tire them. Athletic Madrid will just be so frustrating. Um, they'll employ all the dark arts because that's what they're doing. That's why they've been so successful. And you even look at them right now in La Liga. It's Real Madrid and Barcelona are the two of the three teams ahead of them. Amazingly enough, Girona are second in that league, but Atletico Madrid have won their last five games and get into this one against us. Overwhelming favourites, no doubt about it. You can talk about how you know, our home crowd will be up for the game and 
You can talk about how there's been magical nights at Celtic Park, albeit not for a long, long time. I think the best we can maybe hope for is a draw. We've got to get a, a win sometime, John, but I just think Wednesday might just be a bridge too far for us. And if I'm being too defeatist, you can tell me that. No, you're not. You're being a realist. I don't think you're being unrealistic by saying if we get a draw, it'll be a good result. I mean, if we win, that'll be probably our best result in Europe since Barcelona. That's... Uh, that's how good it would be. I think we just need to be realistic. This Celtic team wasn't strengthened in the summer the way we all hoped and thought it would be. Brendan is doing well to get the best out of this team. I mean, obviously, people say about oh, the Celtic and Rangers have got so much more money than every other team in Scotland. That doesn't matter. I mean, you can have bad results, which we did a couple of months ago. So, I mean, Brendan's doing well. The team's playing well. I think we've played well in Europe this season. It's just a silly mistakes. I've came back to haunt us. I mean, the goals I gave away have been poor, poor discipline. I mean, the typical Celtic in Europe, and I mean, would need to have no mistakes at all. Would need to play. I don't know. Would need to play as well as did against Man City back in Brendan's first season when he was here. If we get a, if I mean, if we get a result like we did then, that'd be a great result. But I mean, I think the best we can get is a draw, and that's just being realistic. And of course, we've got Atletico again in two weeks' time, two weeks uh, tomorrow. In Spain, when I'll be going for a root canal that that morning, I don't know what'll be more fun that day. The root canal or watching us play Atletico again. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a very very tough game, and I just hope that we turn in a a performance where we don't make our usual mistakes, and if we lose, it's just because Atletico are a better team. But I mean, we need to be aggressive and get in their faces. I know they'll be doing the same thing because that's what Simone loves to do, and they will be slowing it down and they'll be driving the crowd mad. I expect. But, no, I mean, I just hope if we do lose, it's because we lose to a better team and not because we do our usual daft stuff in Europe. I mean, like we did against Lazio in the last game, you know, we are going in the 95th minute with CCV, our best defender, like losing the ball in midfield. I mean, that obviously didn't affect him because he's been brilliant since. But, no, if we lose, make sure we lose just because we're losing to a better team. No, because of us being daft as ever. And who knows, maybe we can get a result against all odds, and it would be against all odds as Phil Collins, who I know you love. Once put it. Thank you for that, John. I'm weeping in tribute there. Yes, Celtic, do it for me, and more importantly, do it for Philip Collins. Right, so there's not going to be any only here for a visit this week, so we will have a review for the Atletico game instead, and we'll have a preview for the Hibs match as well. So I'll let you take it away, and thanks for being on a wee bit longer than usual. I'm sure you can go and watch your English Premiership match just in time for 8 o'clock, because it's currently 10 to then now. Yes, uh, thank you, Steve. Good old Ange, a uh, former manager, aiming to go clear at the top of the English Premier League. Who'd have thought of that? Yes, so thank you, Stevie. As always, you can catch Stevie and the pod on Instagram, at GigPod. I won't even mention Threads, that terrible website no one cares about, which he says he's on sometimes at GigPod, which, but I doubt that. Yeah, we will be back after the Atletico game on Thursday with a review of the pod, uh, with a review of the game, a review of the pod, my goodness, and a preview of the Hibs game. And next week we'll have a, a special episode, but we won't talk about that yet, but I'm sure uh, everybody will love it once they hear it. A special, a special episode for a special time in the year, so I'll leave it at that. So yes, you know where to get us by now. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. That's what we're wanting more and more subscribers. And we've been getting them as well. So thanks to everybody that's been subscribing on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and all the usual podcast platforms. You can also leave us reviews as well if you want to tell us how great we are. But most importantly, subscribe, tell your pals, 
the one of the best like, podcasts around is Gig Pod, and we don't take ourselves seriously. We are hilarious, of course, and we want more subscribers. So keep on listening and get your pals to listen as well. And we will be back on Thursday after the Athletical game. We'll speak to you all soon. Good luck to Celtic on Wednesday. Do us proud and hail, hail. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.